Welcome to this edition of The Biz, the Business Integrity School, your resource for practical tips from a business ethics pro who's been there. I'm Cindy Mooring, the founder and executive chair of the Business Integrity Leadership Initiative at the Sam and Walton College of Business. Joining me today is Dr. Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College. Business principle number six is that algorithms need to be transparent, explainable, yes. understandable. Right. This is a new one. It is. And we can see why it's so important today because we've already seen problems with yes. it. Yes, we have seen problems. Um, most recently, and I think most dramatically, we saw it in the loss of a human life in 2018 when an Uber self-driving car um, hit and killed a woman in Arizona. And um, they had to go back and figure out why. Like, why in the world with a self-driving car that, again, go back to the basic principle, cars are supposed to be safe, like planes are supposed to be safe, like we talked about before. Mm -hmm. So somebody violated another business ethics principle by not making sure that they, that they lived up to the terms of their contract, building a safe car. But in this case, it had to do with the way that the uh, artificial intelligence was programmed. So when they went back to look at why in the world would this car actually hit a human and why was it not safe, they ended up finding out it's because they had not programmed the algorithm in the car to recognize a human form on the road unless the human was in a crosswalk. And in this case, in Arizona, the woman that got hit was jaywalking. I've jaywalked. <laughs> I would hate to think that, you know, my life is in danger by some self-driving car on the road because I didn't well, stay within have, the four corners of the crosswalk. Say, Sorry, if but... I knew there were a lot of, you know, self-driving cars around, I would jaywalk. <laughs> I'd be, be very scary. careful about it now. Yeah. Well, you know, this has happened in other ways, too. Um, there's evidence that algorithmic-based credit extension, mm -hmm. determining how much credit to give someone, yeah. can be biased. Can be. And there's examples of where men were given a lot more credit than women, mm -hmm. in some cases of the same household, mm -hmm but many times of the same wealth and, and different variables like this. Yeah, and so the tech companies have got to be able, the companies that are behind those that, that invention or the extension of credit or banks, or they've got to be able to explain in non-discriminatory way how the result ended up being obtained. And if they can't, then you've got a real problem. This is very interesting because, you know, a lot of uh, the artificial intelligence, neural networks, pattern recognition technologies, they're taking all this data and they're finding patterns. Right. And there's, there's two issues with this. Sometimes they're finding randomness. Mm -hmm. And so not only could it hurt people, but it could hurt the company. In other words, it's not gonna be repeated in the future. What, they, what they've picked up is not logical. Right. It's a it's it's randomness. Right. But it looks logical for some reason. Yes. And if you if you if you if you find a pattern and then fit it, uh, and then reapply it to the the old data, it might look like it fits real well. But yes. that doesn't mean it will be a yeah. good predictor of the future. A perfect example of that is there was a software company that uh, was reviewing resumes and had been programmed with one of those illogical situations where they recognized the name Jared and playing field hockey as two indicators for high performance. 
makes no sense, right? I mean, so that had to have been an outlier for I guess so. in a place that didn't make any sense. Like, why would you want to apply that going forward yeah. and look for resumes with somebody who's named Jared and whether or not they played field yeah. hockey as a determination for well, high it, performance? So, so that's just taking that's data and and trying to fit a model to it and then using that model for the future. Right. But even in that case, you know, if you ever use these models, you have to determine when the algorithm stops fitting the data. That's right. Because it takes a long time to fit the data. Yeah. So they can use different methods for fitting the data. And so still human decisions are involved in this. Humans, yes, definitely. But I think, I'll tell you what really surprises me about this. This explains why theory needs to be used. Theory, again, theory describes, explains, and predicts any kind of phenomena. Mm -hmm. So when these companies are simply using a bunch of data and fitting it, they, they might be fitting bias and then perpetuating exactly. bias in the future. Exactly. They might be fitting randomness and putting that into the future. Right. In either case, in either case. it's not better for people and right. it's not better for the company, no. right? No. So that's why theory they needs to be able to say people with, we would expect that people with higher incomes and lower debt will have better credit yeah. because they have more money to pay it back with, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. You can create a theoretical framework to then develop the model. That's right. And I, I actually think that that is needed uh, in this kind of a situation. Yeah, because otherwise, if you take, particularly if it's like HR information, personal information, and you're feeding that data set in, you're gonna you're gonna naturally have some bias, if you will, unless your your employee base is 100%, you know, kind of perfect, if you will, from a diversity perspective, mm -hmm. right? So it isn't so it isn't necessarily bias that you are gonna want to maintain going forward. You want to take that bias out. So you've got to inject theory, take out human bias or data sets that aren't reflecting what you want to be reflected in the future. Uh, in order to get it right. And the reason that's really important is because of the deep machine learning that goes on, which makes the, it, so it learns from the data sets that it has, right? And then it can go a gajillion times faster than our brains can possibly work. And so the effects of potential discrimination or unsafe algorithm that's been programmed all of a sudden proliferates and become quite large. You know, this is interesting. And companies like Google, Amazon, and some others are hiring lots of economists with advanced degrees yes. to do their data analytics. Because you could take someone that's just really good at computer programming and statistics, but they're not going to necessarily have the theoretical framework to do the best job of creating a model. Right. Uh, you do need models, but you need people to be able to figure the models out. And so. I, I see, you know, even in the Walton College, this new uh, Master's of Science degree that we've created, it's called a Master's of Science in Economic Analytics. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason behind that is, yeah, you, you do need strong data analytics skills, but it's got to be backed up with theory. Yeah. Yeah. And it may even be that we see in the future, I, I, I've seen people refer to it as new, new careers, like algorithm bias auditors who are actually going in after the algorithm has been created, you got to monitor it, yeah. right? To make sure that, that, that it's operating the way that yes. it was designed. 
So you have to audit it to make sure that it, it is it is operating as designed. And so there could be new jobs in the future like you know, that. All models should be audited as they they're should. applied. They should. But I think that a lot of times they're uh, they're audited for things like forecast accuracy right. or something like this. Right. We're this talking is, about ethics. Yes. Yes. Auditing it to make sure that it isn't having you know discriminatory effect or that in fact it is actually it is actually safe. And um, you know we talked earlier about the um, Edelman Trust Barometer report that came out in 2020 and. There's a there's a, a factor in that report that I, relates to this that I found quite interesting, and, and it's I think people are a little afraid that machines are going to take over the world, and so over 80 percent of the of the folks that the Edelman um, companies talked to in their report this year said they wanted to have their CEOs they wanted to hear from their CEOs on the topic of ethical AI. They really wanted to know that the technology that was being employed was being employed in an ethical way. So um, I think we owe it, you know, business leaders owe it to their employee base to make sure that they're in tune that, with their employees and understand that they actually care about this issue and they, they want it explained to them. Just like the public wants the, the, the algorithm to be able to be explainable when it makes decisions. So what are some practical tips for this particular business principle. Yeah, I think there's a couple of practical tips that make sense here. And one is, um, first of all, having a product design kind of agile mindset when the algorithm is being created. So it's it would be wrong for companies to think about this as just an engineering project or just an information systems project. You actually need to pull together you know, that scrum team and you need to have a product design agile mindset with people from all of the different departments that can really make sure that from an ethical perspective, the AI is being programmed the right way. And then the second step, a second practical tip I would say is making sure that you actually set governance for the process for who's going to be involved and how you create it so that you test it before you roll it out so that you don't hit a pedestrian who happens to be jaywalking like Uber did. And so that you can monitor it afterwards and be very clear about what the governance is going to be for that process. Um, and then you set yourself up for success in the way it's actually built. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Biz, the Business Integrity School. You can find us on YouTube, Google SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. And you can find us by searching The Biz. That's one word, T-H-E-B-I-S. Tune in next time for more practical tips from a pro.